This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast. Hello, Zach here, and we have an awesome guest on the podcast today, Melanie Wilson, the new CEO of the NIADA, which also operates the NABD. Melanie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast before the year's in. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So is an icebreaker for the audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into NIADA as well as the auto business. Um, okay, well, I am a CPA, um, have been for a while now, and I I was laughing because people are like, how did you get into the auto industry? But I didn't pick the auto industry, the auto industry picked me. Um, I was a consultant for a long time, um, and I would go into businesses and help them scale and um, sort out their financials and accounting departments and um, operations, you name it. I just kind of like do it all or get it done kind of person. And um, Steve Jordan actually tracked me down quite literally. Um, he was, uh, he had, I'd been referred to him. And so I kind of went in not really knowing a whole lot about NIADA or what they did. Um, I started my career in an association. And uh, so I was familiar with trade associations and um, how they worked. And it was intriguing to talk to NIADA because they also had the foundation. Um, and I chose nonprofit pretty early in my career, just kind of captured my heart. And so I sat down and talked to Steve and they had grown a ton in a short amount of time and really needed some help scaling <clears throat> their accounting department, but also just kind of overall. So I came in, started working with the accounting department, um, came on full-time in 2018. And um, the next thing I knew, I was knee-deep in everything in IADA. Um, and I think that when you work in the nonprofit field, you you get a heart for missions. You like to come home at the end of the day going, okay, yeah, I did something good today for the world. And um, I had no previous ties to the automotive industry. And so it was really my first experience. I remember going to my first meeting and it was like a leadership meeting. And I thought, wow, this is a lively bunch. You know, this is fun. <laughs> and um, and then we started preparing for my first convention and I started seeing the national quality dealer books come in and I was, you know, flipping through them in the office. And it really hit me like how philanthropic this industry is by nature. Um, and I was so impressed with the stories and how people have come up and, you know, legacy dealerships. And I started on my own with, you know, $500 and it was just so much fun to like learn about how diverse the, the member base was. And, um, and then I visited my first 20 group meeting and I came home and told my husband, I think I just sat in a room with some of the smartest people I've ever met, but I don't know if they know they're the smartest people I've ever met. Um, it was so crazy because you're looking at these operations and what they're running and you're thinking to yourself, like you literally have like multiple businesses that you're running that are all different bases because selling cars, finance companies, all of these things. Um, and, and it really, everyone's attitude is just like, I don't know, it's just what I do. Like it comes so naturally to all of them. And so I just started falling in love with the dealers and I started meeting industry partners and it was always, it's so much fun. It's such a great group of people 
that um, they stole my heart. And so here we are. I, I, di I didn't pick the auto industry, but it definitely came after me. And, and um, I have not looked back since. I kind of agree with you, Bora. There are some of the most amazing entrepreneurs in the auto industry, and it's so overlooked. You know, a lot of the hypes around like Silicon Valley, like startup entrepreneurs, but you have entrepreneurs running profitable <laughs> businesses in the auto industry, just really impressive. And so adaptable too. I mean, even if you just look at 2022, it's always changing. The market's changing. Legislation is changing. And you know, they just kind of get in line and get behind it and figure it out. And I, I just love it. I love that spirit. I grew up with entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of bred into my bones. And, and it's such a fun place to be around. So congrats again on the new role. Tell us about the interim CEO role of the NIATA. What's it mean for members? And then what is some of the unique insight you're bringing over from your CFO experience to the <clears throat> new CEO role? Um, I am... First and foremost, so humbled um, because like we've been talking, this is, just, it's such an incredible industry. This is such a, an incredible opportunity and I really have fallen in love with the dealers. Um, so I think, I think that the future looks bright for a lot of different reasons. Um, so for the members and I think our industry partners, um, I have always felt like the best leader in the room is not the leader that knows everything. It's the leader that knows how to put all the right pieces together to fill in all the gaps and get everything. And so I think we have a real opportunity moving into 2023 to leverage the relationships across the board and um, really kind of level up our education, level up how we connect our dealers to our industry partners, um, level level up on what we can provide and just really bring all of the pieces together to the table and and start to leverage our resources. Um, I think that I'm in a, a unique place. I think trade associations are a funny beast because you have to know how an association works and what the roles are and the bounds within which you work, but you may or may not know the industry when you first come in. And uh, it's rare that you can find someone that understands both the association nonprofit side and the industry side. So um, luckily I've been around for a little bit. So I have, you know, a good base in the industry. Um, but I think being able to leverage my experience with um, not only membership organizations, but with foundations, um, what I know about the industry and the team that we have in place at NIEDA. Um, I understand the numbers in a unique way, so I can see the story in the numbers. I can predict a little bit further out. Um, and I, I am able to kind of switch lenses and see from all different perspectives and, and make sure that we're filling in all the gaps. But um, I definitely would say uh, probably the biggest asset that we have right now is our staff. And, um, you know, Jeremy Beck is our VP of dealer development and we have Brett Scott in government affairs and both of them bring so much to the table and their respective expertise that I think when you put the three of us together, I'm a big collaborator. When you put the three of us together, it's a really dynamite team that can, that levels the playing field and, and uh, removes some of the stumbling blocks that we might have otherwise ran into. And tell us a little bit about the nonprofit aspect. I don't think a lot of dealers, they might not even be familiar with that, but really interesting piece of NIADA. 
Yeah. So um, trade associations are um, one type and NIDA actually has two. So um, our membership runs through uh, our trade association nonprofit. And um, what the reason these are created is just to be able to support a specific industry or group of people. And so our focus 100% of the time is on what industry we serve, what people we serve, and are we doing what we should be doing to help them be better, Um, which is really exciting because um, as an entrepreneur, sometimes it can be a lonely job. Um, You don't have all the resources all the time to help you make these big decisions. And so a trade association can really step in and partner with you and um, be a sounding board and be a place to get resources and be a place to network and connect you with other people so that you can really um, stand on your own two feet and grow the way that you want to grow, whether that's growing to be huge or maybe you're fine. Just, you know, I I just want to get to this point. Um, The foundation is, um, is really kind of where our hearts are, I think. So through our foundation, we support a lot of education and people coming up into the automobile industry. Um, we with scholarships, um, we have disaster relief uh, funds where we, if there's a natural disaster, we can um, step in and kind of support the dealerships and their employees who have been affected by situations that are out of their control. And so that's really the fun part where where we can kind of partner with dealers in a different way. So tell us about some of the big initiatives for NIADA next year in 2023. So our CPO program is launching officially on January 3rd. Um, We're super excited about that. I love the idea of the CPO program because it gives gives dealers a way to compete in the market. Um, And we've had a CPO program before. This one's totally reimagined. We have five different administrators, so you can choose your administrator. Um, And I really think it will help dealers leverage up in the marketplace um, with a quality product from um, that's backed by an association that you you know you can trust. So um, we're going to be watching. We want to make sure that anything that we put out to the dealers is working for them. It's supporting them. We want your feedback. If if you're having trouble, you know we can come alongside you and help. But I think that's super exciting for 23. Um, We also have our 20 group program, which has gone through a little bit of reimagining. And we're very excited about that and being able to put dealers together and um, broaden our focus and really use those opportunities to connect those dealers, not only to each other, but to the resources and the products and the services that are out there that can help them with their very specific needs. Um, And then really, we're just focused on looking at what the value proposition is for being an NIEDA member and working with our states to make sure everybody's winning. Those are probably the top three. So in 2022, what was most surprising to you, like event-wise or anything particular in the auto industry in 2022 that surprised you? You mean besides NIEDA having a woman lead? For the first time in 75 years. <laughs> Which is huge. <laughs> That's what they keep telling me. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I think the most surprising thing for 2022 was uh, how unpredictable it ended up being. Um, I think we started the year and and you're listening to Economist and it's going to be like this and it'll stabilize by the fourth quarter. And, and 
not very much of that actually really happened. And um, so I think being able to adapt when all the predictions are kind of going haywire, that that was tough on our dealers, but also, um, I don't know, I, f I feel like it's been a little bit like the weather when it came to figuring out what the market was going to do moving forward. So what are your predictions for 2023 in terms of the used car marketplace, if you had a crystal ball? If I had a crystal ball, I would say the only thing we know for sure is that's probably going to be as unpredictable as 2022 was. Um, I, I think that anytime you go into a year and everything you thought was going to happen doesn't happen, um, the only thing you can really bank on is that you're going to continue to stay in that unpredictable place, kind of a cop-out answer. But um, I, I do think that, you know, globally, the economy is going through things. We're still struggling with finding employees and the unemployment rate is still at a historic low. And um, it's, I think it's going to take everyone banding together to figure out how, how do we as dealers adapt to a marketplace that is not really following trends um, and has become very unpredictable. So this year's 2023 NIADA convention, it's held at one of my favorite hotels, The Wynn in Las Vegas. Tell us a little bit about this upcoming convention. And is there any other exciting NIADA events in 2023 or really exciting upcoming things on your side? Yeah, I'm so excited about the June show. I also love the win. Um, and I think it's going to be so much fun. We've been working on the agenda, um, pulling together speakers. I think the educational content is going to be excellent. Um, Janet is our director of education, and she's just got a knack for putting together really quality education. And um, registration, I think, is already open. And um, so we're we're really excited about, um, we have big goals. We've got some um, new things that we have coming up that we're going to roll out at the convention and kind of revise how we've done some things in the past. I think that will be exciting. I won't, I won't spill the secret yet. Um, and then we have in September our policy conference, our national policy conference in DC. And we're going back to the old format um, since we know we can get into Hill meetings for 23. So we'll be able to spend a day on the Hill um, and then also bring some some really good speakers to, to that conference. And then we will have our fall show um, in November. And you asked me, and I've totally gone blank on where, and Devin and Jeremy are probably going to kill me, but um, we'll be rolling out all of the advertising around that in the next few months. Awesome. Well, Melanie, congratulations. The first female CEO of the NIADA. This has been an excellent podcast. Really excited for what 2023 brings for dealers, the NIADA. And thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No, thank you so much for having me. This has been great.